The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, well, you had a uh, a successful uh, Saturday show with High Octane. How are things going after this weekend? Oh, right back to the grind. You know, we had a we had a slow February. We did the one show, so the perception is FSW didn't do a lot in February. But you know, we also had to do the ring crew and 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 basically help out the the LFC when uh, they were in town. And then right. the next week we had a you know be at Sam's Town for four days being agitated that they won't let us use the building, but you know, we helped out with uh, impact and, you know, our ring and our crew and our guardrails. And of course, none of our wrestlers. So that's always fun to, you know, watch as they, you know, continually utilize less and less of uh, our crew, you know, in, in that. And, you know, generally that's the, the time you expect, to get a little extra right? Uh, when it comes to the companies that come into t- town and, you know, the, the, the rates they get were based on what happened in the past. And, you know, they, they're not happy about the rates, which are less than they should be, but because we utilized a lot of our crew in situations, especially getting some matches and pre-shows right. and, and things like that for their website matches in the past. Now, you know, it it became a little less, a little less. And, you know, it isn't like Chris Bay didn't get used and get signed. And it isn't like Jay Vidal didn't get used and get signed. And it isn't like Lacey Ryan didn't get used and get signed by somebody else. So it isn't like the people that we brought to them were inferior product. Uh, So it's a little disappointing that they come into town and there's not, you know, one or two matches for our, you know, next level of top, you know, competitors, you know, male or female, even at the last show, Maserati wasn't available, but Rochelle got uh, a match on the show and all, all our crew was there eagerly, you know, awaiting maybe a little opportunity and and it never came about, so that that was a little disappointing. I, who, I who's who, who's the uh, talent relations right now there? Uh, I believe it's Dreamer, okay. and we got a good relationship. And yeah. I had hit him up the time before. Hey, you need somebody, you know? And their response is, "Oh yeah, we'll definitely let you know." But hey, if you can get somebody to get some people at the airport, <laughs> you know, we're good for the airport pickups. You know, we're good to pick up the extra kendo sticks and tables and chairs. 
when it, you know. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I, I know that's that's how. It, yeah, that's how it goes. Um, it's it. Uh, it's got to be frustrating too. What what is the uh, feedback you get from the uh, the crew once they do this for you know, like you said, it's four days. Um, I think the the highest utilization was uh, you know as security guards. Um, yeah, yeah, that that's what it generally is. It's for yeah. security guards to break things up and get beat up. You know, yeah. the thing is, in the beginning when we did it, uh, we did the tryout and they knew they had spots and they made spots based off the tryout and hammerstone got on there he wrestled a guy brew baker out of chicago who was good but yeah. they had a, they had their own match and it was part of the you know stuff that would air on online kind of like right. an AEW dark before AEW dark right and i remember uh the one percent royce and jarrell got on and they wrestled uh these guys out of Colorado doing a Viking gimmick. Uh, I forgot what their name is, but uh, he actually hit me up recently about coming out. And a lot of people got opportunities. And, yeah. you know, nowadays, you know, thankfully AEW was in Phoenix because, you know, the whole first AEW dark, I don't know if it was an AEW show or an FSW show. <laughs> Yeah, we had the faction in a six man. We had Maserati and we had Rochelle. Yeah. And I think they had four matches and three of them featured our talent. So, and, and the other ones were Arizona guys that we probably utilize on our shows. Yeah. So they, they were able to use people when they come out and impact went from using a lot of outside talent you know, in those situations for their talent to not doing it, it seems like, because, you know, there, there was nothing. There wasn't even like one match where it was, hey, we're going to do this. We'll use one of your guys, show some appreciation. Because when you say what's the feedback, well, for the students, it's eight-hour days. And for the right. students, it's eight-hour days, but they're students, when you're talking about experienced, advanced guys that, you know, a Matt Vandergriff who's wrestled for AAA, you know, a lot of times those guys aren't going to be the ones helping out with ring crew. But they're right. figuring, hey, you know what? I'm going to show my face. I'm going to be there. I'm going to help do what's necessary. And, you know, hopefully it leads to an opportunity. And it, it, it's not even like a discussion. You know, I remember a couple of shows ago, I felt bad, but boy, at least they were on the radar. The bonus boys were penciled in and because of timing, they didn't get out. They didn't get a match. And yeah. that's really, really disappointing. But man, at least the, the opportunity, you know, from D'Lo at the time presented itself and, you know, it's probably pretty heartbreaking. You don't get the match. But yeah. to go there and put in the time and effort and it's not even like a thought that you might get looked at, even, yeah. you know, doing, hey, you know what? Hey, Joe, give us, uh, you know, give us some of your top guys. This is what we're looking for. You know, we'll run a little, uh, you know, quick tryout, a couple of matches because they're sitting around. 
most of the day going over their spots and, you know, going over their matches that, hey, you know what? Put 45 minutes for the local crew because you're supposedly always looking for talent and there's talent standing right in front of your face and you're not even attempting to, you know, see if it's worth worth your while. Is that something that you could potentially talk to uh, Scott DeMore about and, you know, and kind of work that into the line of thinking? I know that the producers are busy, you know, out shooting spots when that, you know, when they have to shoot stuff. But at the same time, like you said, there's got to be someone who, you know, even like Dreamer, who's around and can watch, like you said, 45 minutes, you know, three matches, something like that. Is that something you can work into? Uh, with them the next time they come in? I, I guess you can try, but th that crew was on board when we were doing it two years ago or three years ago to where they were giving opportunities. So it isn't like, oh, okay, it's all different people. You know, it's right. still Scott. You know, it right. went from Sanjay and Scott to then just Scott and Jimmy right. Jacobs. And we did the trial with that and then D-Lo being around. And, you know, before that was initially, it was Sanjay and Jeff Jarrett. But guys like Moose and other people, you know, threw their two cents in and watched the tryouts. And they made good money from it. And we've even talked about doing seminars, being that you guys are already here, you know, yeah. take advantage of it. Make a few bucks, you know, explain to the younger, the younger people who haven't been around and they're newer to what's going on. Hey, what you're looking for? How 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 is your process? You know, because they look at it now like, hey, what the fuck? We're here, and nobody even takes a look and see if anybody's worth the shit. Yeah. So why would they later on? Right. You know, this is the easiest thing. You know, Thursday, a lot of them come in. We set up the ring at one o'clock. By four or five, it's done. It ain't like they can't all take a ten minute ride to the school at six o'clock. And yeah. look at talent, you know, if that's what you're looking to do. So, and again, they don't have to do anything, but it would, right. you know, it, it it helps, you know, it makes it more difficult on us because there's some people like, what do I give a fuck about helping them? They aren't, they're not even like giving me an opportunity if I'm, if I'm good to even see what I got. All they right. want to do is send me out to go get somebody a fucking Red Bull. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's weird because it is a situation where it's discouraging because of all those factors and yet is encouraging in the fact that, like you said, guys like Vandergriff, guys like Damian Drake, Jordan Oasis, you know, they, they were there, they worked their ass off, they showed their faces and hopefully that translates into something going forward. Um, but you know, you just had a great show. The high octane was really, really good. Uh, thoughts on your main event with uh, Nick Sander? Man, so close. That opportunity was right in front of him. And then uh, the faction did what the faction does, huh? Well, you know, that 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 is the story that has been told ever since ICE became part of the faction. So... Yeah. The question is, what is the Nick Xanders of the world going to do to offset uh, the issues? Uh, 
we saw what a guy like Jacob Austin Young did or a Bodie that they, they, they kind of linked themselves up. And, yeah. and the same thing with Danny Limelight. He saw that Bodie influenced what happened and he brought his backup. Yeah. And, you know, watching the show, you know, just two weeks ago, we're like, wow, you know, we really got to rebuild this tag division. Yeah. And from the last show, we have now added uh, the Wolves Addies, Tito and Shay. Uh, right. We got the Bodega, which is a combination of anybody with the limelight and Slice Boogie or, or even a Jay Vidal in that mix. Yeah. And then we got a Devin Reno and class who've solidified themselves. You yeah. know, Devin Reno pinned Remy Marcel. That's the biggest victory Devin Reno has ever had in his career. And yeah. not to write off a Jacob Austin Young and Bodie who right. presented themselves really well. So we, we have that match. Uh, we have the regulators who were yeah. part of the four-way tag who are looking more and more impressive uh, every time they come out. So yeah. they're definitely a team to reckon with, you know, down the line. Uh, you know, TBD, they have to get their act together. And, you know. I don't know. Shogun looked uh, looked pretty good when he was tagging his. Uh, well, Shogun looked, looked great in, in the tag match. Yeah. And Hero looked great in the singles match. Yeah. So by themselves, they both looked great. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Hero was already booked for a tag match and, you know, yeah. got fucked up in the singles match, which yeah. made him unavailable for the tag match. So, you know, to me, that would be, you know, Hero's biggest match since winning the title would be trying to regain the title. Sure. But he decided he wanted to do something on his own and it, you know, during the match, it looked like, hey, you know, crowd's behind him. He's looking strong. But you never know what's going to happen. So, you know, we're still. M you know, MK, man. MK in the, in the devious mind that he's got. And, uh, you know, add a steel chair to the mix and everything uh, went to hell for Hero like that. Yeah. You know, he got injured earlier in the match. And then he got injured at the end of the match. And then they. Uh, they doubled down with the chair shot and, and the little beat down after. And, yeah. you know, from what I understand, you know, Shogun, uh, he got there extremely late. So with him getting there late, you know, maybe if he was there on time, you could throw some blame at him. If he was there on time, maybe he would have been like, listen, bro, we got a tag match. Don't fucking worry about, you know, what's going on with MK. So... You got two guys that are definitely not on the same page. And we got a big tag team matchup at Mecca that has not only Tito and Che, but it also has two-thirds of the ROH six-man tag champs, the Gates of Agony, which both of those guys know Toa very, very well as uh, he's teaming up with Khan at the yeah. show. And we're looking to put together a four-way tag. And I put out the message. Uh, Shogun had hit me up. 
about uh, what's going on with the Mecca. Am I on the show? And I let him know that we were looking to put TBD in that matchup. And that was two days ago. And I'll be honest, I haven't heard back from him. So I don't know if he's been extremely busy or he's like, maybe not that interested. So I, I don't know, you know, what the future lies uh, with TBD. But either way, that's a big matchup for them yeah. to have those guys in there and being in with the Gates of Agony and a wild card fourth team because the one option was going to be to put the former 1% Royce and Jarrell in that match, but we can confirm that Team Filthy will be aligned in a six-man tag taking on the tag team and heavyweight champion members of Lights, Camera, Fraction, Ice Williams, Fresco, and Watson. Nice. That's nice. So that leaves another tag team, you know, available hopefully for the fourth spot in the Mecca. We gonna are we gonna see a uh, a one night only reunion of uh, of Vandegrift and Damian Drake? Uh, th- that is definitely uh, been a a thought in my head. Uh, you know, one night only was one night only in two thousand twenty two. It was December thirty right. first. So we still have the one night only. Uh, 2023 match right that, that could be uh damian drake obviously has some things going on and yeah. matt vandergriff probably wants a piece of jay vidal but he's already been signed to wrestle effie right. so right now matt vandergriff's mecca match is in limbo because again we have so many matches and yeah. we're and we just locked in can announce it today viva van uh, we'll be defending the FSW Women's Championship against Johnny Robbie. So nice, nice. The, you know. Johnny Robbie, you know, talk about someone who don't you feel she's kind of at the level Viva Van was possibly about a year and a half ago or so. It's like Johnny Robbie is almost to that point where she's gonna start like really exploding. I, um, I'll be honest, I think. When we started using Johnny Robbie compared to Viva, I think Johnny is further along. Hmm. You know, in that yeah. one year, Viva exploded and she, right. you know, really, you know, worked her ass off and and got to a whole nother level. I, right. I think Johnny as a, is at a higher level than Viva was the year and a half ago. I'm not saying she is now. And, you know, uh, a big matchup with Viva, she's definitely on the horizon as somebody who, man, you can really uh, invest in. She's putting in the work. You know, she's going to be here Friday night. She's going to be wrestling Vandegrift. So, you know, that's a match they both wanted. And it was like, we can make it happen on Future Shock. Yeah. Yeah. And that should be a very entertaining matchup. Um is it for for Vandegrift? Is that something that um, is w- when you see a wrestler who can put on 
really good intergender matches, does that say a lot about Matt's uh, ability to to do the dance of wrestling? Meaning that Matt will go in and he'll do the things to make his opponent look good, whether it's a guy, whether it's a girl, whether it's a chair. Matt can adapt to whoever's in there, and that's why the matches always seem to be uh, pretty solid from him for the past year, year and a half. Matt just seems to deliver every single match, and like the match he had with Lacey was a great match. Um, is that just the 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 level that Matt's on that he's at the point where he can work almost anyone or anything and make it look great? Well, uh, you know, I think a lot of the younger younger guys who are really, you know starting to take off, you know, their early to mid twenties, they're in a position in wrestling where they don't look at gender anymore. You yeah. know, I think they're, you know, six years ago, 10 years ago, there's still, there's still a lot of guys who don't want to wrestle women. Right. Okay. Uh, I knew there was an issue uh, LA Knight had uh, a while back where, right. He, he didn't really, you know, see it. I, I am on the fence. I, I don't have problems with it, but I'm also very, very, you know, pigeonholed into what I believe. You right. know, we had a match with one of our, our women uh, and she wrestled on a show and she wrestled a guy 150 pounds more than her. Than her. And there was a spot where, you know, and I'm not taking away from the majority of the match, but there was a, you know, a sequence of where they're exchanging forearms back and forth, you know, two, three, four each back and forth, back and forth. And there's no difference in right. the fact that the 260 pounder is throwing the one shot and then the 120 pounder is following up with another shot. And right. it's just like video game wrestling to where I hit you, you hit me, I hit you. There's no damage done. It isn't right. like, hey, I hit you with one. But because of the size difference, I have to hit you with three to kind of shake you up a little. And. Right. The, the, there's nothing offensive about it. It isn't, oh my God, you know, you're trying to trash an intergender match. But if I have a match and Brandon G is wrestling Hammerstone. Right. And that was the same sequence. People would be up in arms like, what the fuck? You know, right. I remember back in the day where people were complaining about Sanjay Dutt power bombing people. Why is right. he powerbombing people? He's a cruiserweight. And my right. response would be, well, he's powerbombing another cruiserweight. So if he's wrestling Chris Saban and he powerbombs him, well, they're both 170 pounds. Now, right. if Sanjay Dutt is going in and starts powerbombing Bobby Lashley, <laughs> we would all have that same thing. And... I always try to equate it. When I talk about intergender wrestling, back in the day, I believed, because the way she was positioned, I believed that China yeah. could beat the fuck out of Chris Jericho. Yeah. But yep. 
I can't believe that a smaller five foot, 110 pound girl is supposed to be able to throw Brock Lesnar around. So I want it to at least be as believable as possible. And Matt Vandegrift, you know, the Jay Vidal's, he's had the matches. And a lot of our younger talent, you see it all over the place now, whether it's Eli Everfly and his girl is uh, the tag team in Doomfly. Doomfly, Nobody looks like, oh, she's a girl, whatever. It's like, we are all buying into it. But I'm not buying into, say, Hammerstone uh, wrestling Alice Blair and it'd be a 50-50 match. It's it's no disrespect. It's respecting what you're trying to make the fans suspend belief. And it's hard to suspend belief that any 110 pound person is going to go toe to toe with a 250 pound guy. So, so basically what you just said is that Alice Blair better get ready because she's going against Hammerstone within the next year. Is that what I just heard? I'm talking about. So, but yeah. And it's like, you know, as long as you make the situations, we got a mixed tag on uh, on on Friday. Uh, I had two options, but again, when it's future shock, oh yeah, I forgot he's booked and that, and it was like so we ended up making a four way match because we got Chris Nasty coming in, and right. then it was like, well, Jordan Cruz was going to be in town, and we didn't be weren't able to use him. Like, hey, are you available? And then it was, oh, Devin Reno's coming up you know, to support Zamaya, who's making her FSW debut from Arizona, and Brett the Threat, who we haven't used in a bit, is available. So I made that a four-way. I don't like to repeat matches, so I was actually going to do an intergender four-way match because I knew I had Rochelle Riveter. I knew I had Tanaya. Uh, I was trying to get J-Rod from Knox Pro. She was she was booked. So... Instead of doing that, I'm like, okay, well, I got two guys I can put in the match and we'll have that. But since we're doing a regular four-way, it's like, hey, we got a intergender singles match. We have a women's singles match. Might as well have a intergender women's uh, intergender tag match. So, you know, we've added uh, Chase Bell and, and Demir. I mean, and uh, Davion into that match. Right. So it's going to be a tag team match. Uh, an intergender tag team match. And in that situation, I, I think it's equal, equally matched. Rochelle's got a lot of experience. And uh, Tanaya did well uh, against Ricky Tenacious. So, as I said, with the younger talent, uh, they're used to it. When you're training, it isn't like, okay, the girls are here, the guys right. are there. Everybody trains together. Everybody right. works on things together. And it's yeah. like, let's make things work together. Just like if I'm having the match and Ref AJ is coming out and we're going to do spots and he's going to work with Shogun or Hero Lou, the spots AJ is going to work on doing to the guy of his size is going to be different if he wrestled in with uh, Danny from the Suavecitos. Right. Because they're similar size. They could do different things. So that's the important thing of classes and, and and running, you know, TV classes and trying to make things work. That way, if we do do them at a regular show, you've already had a little practice in it and understand the value. 
But that's also why if a Sin Bodhi or a Cody or a Remy or a Chris Bay's there, I can say, hey, this is what I kind of need from the match because there's a lot of times I could tell some of the younger guys and then it's just totally different. So it's right. like, hey, guys, you know, go talk to uh, Ref AJ who's wrestling Brandon G and see what they got going on because I already knew because, hey, he was still a ref. So here, here's a little funny story. So we're going to be doing the match we did on New Year's Eve. So I'm playing up the gimmick that AJ is still a ref, but because of the situations, we're going to make it an unsanctioned match. Okay. FSW is not sanctioning the match. So they take it upon themselves to make the match anywhere in the arena. <laughs> the opening match on a show featuring somebody who's had no matches and they're fighting in the bleachers and they're going all out because it's unsanctioned. I didn't say it was no DQ. I didn't say it was anything other than we weren't sanctioning the match, but nobody specified to them. This is what unsanctioned means. Since you're still a referee, we can't really sanction you in a singles match on new year's Eve, but we're allowing the match to happen. And unless you grab them by the hand and lead them to the water and it's not only leading to the water, it's sticking their fucking head in the water. <laughs> then they can possibly drink. <laughs> oh, man. Um, from uh, from what you saw with uh, this past uh, high octane, what did you think of uh, uh, the job uh, Jake Painter did? Again, I'll be honest, when I don't do commentary, I'm, I'm moving around, working the door, traveling around, and, you know, I'm peeking at matches and not really sitting in stone and watching it. And yeah. being that it was, I believe, the first match or second match, I'm not even sure, uh, I was back and forth. I was in the production office, and then I was outside and now I'm talking to people while I'm watching. So my full focus isn't, you know, in there. You know, I hear really good things and, you know, told this guy's a really good worker. He, again, young, humble, very interested in being a part of the roster. But again, we all understand the situation is there's this many spots. Right. And there's this many guys who want them. So... You know, well, he, Cody, he, he, he he did what he needed to do too, because Grizz looked great. So yeah, and, and, and in all honesty, there's been a couple of hiccups uh, the last couple months with 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 Blair Brody. That you know, some of the matches, you know, him and Brett the Threat didn't really didn't really work very well. Then there was some miscommunication and some other stuff. So. Obviously, if a match succeeds, I can't give all the credit to Blair Brody. I obviously got to give it to the other guy who's part of the match. Just like when there's a shitty match, even though I know one person's probably the main focus of the fuck ups, the other person didn't really do much to make it any better. So you have to be included when you say this match sucked because you both sucked. You know, it wasn't like you did anything that was like, oh, stand out ish. Like, oh, OK, yeah, I see. Yeah, it was all on this person. No, it's, it's usually a joint effort. And, you know, it was a pretty solid match of what I saw. 
And, you know, there seemed to be no hiccups in the match at all. Now, again, it's finding opportunities and finding spots. And, you know, we, we've gone from a show and, and I jokingly say, hey, we have all the heels and we got no faces, but we do. And th- that's yeah. the crazy thing because we got Bodie, Matt Vandergriff and Jake, but they're involved over there. Right. Okay. And then you got Remy and, and Primo Henio, you know, slid right in. And yeah. because of his issues with Devin Reno, uh, you know, despite the fact that Primo Henio has come in and wrestled a lot of baby faces, uh, the yeah. crowd really liked him. Uh, he right. came out to support Remy Marcel. I'm not sure it was because they're friends. I think it was more because class and Devin Reno have been a thorn in his side. The enemy of my enemy becomes my friend. And, you know, the thing is you got Cody and Jake as two baby faces, technically who are kind of going to have a match against each other. And Hammerstone's had some time off and Graves working back into the mix and Shogun and hero are, are having their own issues, but the baby faces and Xander, they're, they're strong, but a lot of them are involved in things. Like I said, you know, whether it's the, uh, the, the, the six mans or, you know, the guys that just wrestled with, you know, Bodie, Matt, and, and the other guy, uh, Jacob Boston Young, they can all do single stuff. They can do a tag match. They can do a six-man tag. That could be three matches on a show. Yeah. You know, when you go to them. And then you got the class and the Devin Reno and Jordan Cruz and Remy Marcel and Primo Henio. Well, those are five guys there. You know, that that's at least two more matches. So that's yeah. already five matches. And that's not yeah. counting any of the champions. You know, Gregory right. Sharp. You know, obviously for Gregory Sharp, you know, he is now waiting his next top contender to go after. And And, and he's got a big mecha match, man. And he's got a big mecha match. So, you know, he was developed. You know what? Let's get you through TJP. You have your match on the 26th. And then we'll move forward from there. It's like, you know, we have enough matches. You know, not everybody has to be in every. Especially to beat up some of the younger guys on Future Shock. He's made a career of that. Uh, and then you got Jimmy Jack, who's exploded on the scene. And now he's got a big six-man tag with Sky High against the faction on Friday yeah. night. So, you know, it's Future Shock, and there's a lot of young guys on there. But, you know, th- there's some solid, solid matches. Yeah. And Sky High's a team that, you know, they were unable to make it and they were supposed to be a part of the uh the four-way tag. But you know they were, they, out, they were out winning a title. Well, well, that's great for that company, but if they're out winning titles there and they're not available, well then you know there's the opportunity for yeah. the regulators, for Brandon G and, and Ricky Tenacious, for Che and Tito. Uh, you know, big opportunity for fil- Team Filthy. Uh, you think the one percent aren't interested in getting back the tag titles? Of course they are. Yeah. You know, their their rates a bit higher after what's happened over the last year or so, but they're definitely interested in 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 being in matches and 
you know, we're talking with them about what's going on long term. And well, Joe, can't you, can't you just pay them in yen and just, you know, just make it seem like they're getting more? Well, I think like a thousand yen is worth like ninety dollars. So if I give them yen, it, you know, I don't know. You know, Royce is a Royce is a pretty slick business guy. I've learned yeah. these days. I'll tell you. You know, I used to like it better when Jarrell did all the talking. You know, whatever you need, Joe, whatever you need. You know, I just want an opportunity. You know, I don't know who Royce met in, in Japan, but I'll tell you. Oh, man. Um, you know, with with all this coming up, um, you know, again, High Octane was great. Looks like Future Shock is going to be a really good show. The mecha shaping them to be something else. That the the card so far is is pretty solid. Do you think that with this lead up of the shows that you're doing now, that the hopefully the hype around uh, what happens at mecha then carries over, and that that first show that you guys do at Silverton will draw a big enough house and um you know make silverton pay notice uh you know pay attention on that first show well you know that's the key uh you know the first show they're not available in april and i'm probably happier about that now that i think about it because that's the show in between the mecca and the anniversary right. so not to call it a lull show because it's definitely not, you know, we have penciled in ideas of where we're going, but the anniversary in itself is a big deal. Right. So people represent at the anniversary. Now the anniversary shows at the Silverton where we haven't been in years. And now they're, it's an old venue that has a lot of history. So a lot of fans are eager about that. Right. Then you know, when we did the two-night anniversary a couple of years ago when we brought everything back, you know, despite the no air conditioning, the atmosphere was huge. We brought in name guys, and that's the same thing. So that anniversary is a super FSW show, but it's mainly FSW guys. Everybody knows the Mecca is going to get sprinkled in with, you know, the best FSW talent mixed in with, you know – upwards of 10 or 12 national stars. So right. it, the Mecca is always a special event that's different than what we're doing there. So doing the anniversary and, you know, talking with Chris Bay and, you know, him and his boy Ace, you know, they stole the initial theme TBD. Now they're ABC, you know, but, you know, talks of them, coming in and challenging for whoever the tag champions are is definitely a big sell for the anniversary. Cause we had talked about possibly doing something in April, but you know what? We, we, we want to have that big show. So yeah. it, it makes more sense for that match to happen. The anniversary, you know, we're looking to culminate once again at no escape. We set things up. So you know, who the champion is at the anniversary show. Well, it's going to be interesting to see.
because, yeah. you know, at this point, Gregory Sharp's held the title a pretty long time. TJP's a match he's always wanted, but as they say, be careful what you wish for. Right. You know, so, you know, you got that on tap. And and Ice is still in the midst with Nick Xander. Now, right. you know, I'm pretty certain by January, I mean, by June, we'll already have a, a winner, you know, whoever that feud going into who the champion's right. going to be. So we're going to have to set that up. So, you know, and now the tag division, you know, is heated up. You know, Wolves Addies may have never won the tag titles, but they've won a lot of tag titles in yeah. this business. And Tito just won the United with Shane Haste yesterday night. Yeah. Uh, the United show. And, you know, Tito at 35, 36 is by far having the biggest year in his professional wrestling career. It's amazing. And, it's just amazing. You know, and him and Shay are at the top of their game. And after, you know, a long run, you know, I, I forget how long we, we, we worked with Shaker Burr because he used to work at the old school shows at the at the Boulder Highway. So that was 10, 11 years ago. And when you think of Che, you know, time flies because all these other guys had come in. But Che's been doing it a long time to where he finally got noticed on New Japan Strong, like yeah. Gregory Sharp and Jacob Austin Young, and even a guy that we used early on back in the show, Tyler Bateman. You know, he worked at the old school back in the day, and now he's one of the trainers at the New yeah. Japan Dojo. And all these guys, 10, 12, 15 years into their career, are now having the best years of their entire career. And they're getting noticed by the bigger companies. So, you know, for these guys, the success has been great. So, you know, it's it's definitely taken a hit on our budget. But I'll tell you what, man, our, our roster is, yeah. again, is as good as anybody's, you know, bar So, Absolutely. Um, and you can just, you know what? Just have Joey do some NFT uh, training, and uh, you get a few extra bucks to to throw into these guys. Oh, big 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 news! My wife just told me about it. Station Casinos—they're going to be instituting NFTs on the card, okay. and on the <laughs> NFTs. Listen to this—you can't you can't buy them; they have no worth. But you can trade them with other people. <laughs> so I could sell you an NFT. But it's not worth anything. <laughs> you know, more to come on that one. <laughs> Starting March 31st. So I think you're supposed to put in your card and then you get these charms. And I guess the higher levels you get, you oh my get. God. I was like, you know, it'd be cool if like I could. If So if I could trade with you, it's like, can I trade you my president's card for a chairman card? And right. just and pay you 50 bucks. And now I'm a chairman. You know, but unfortunately, that's not how it works. Wow, uh, that's but they're getting on the NFT game, hot and heavy, just just as it's reaching its peak. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, station casinos on top of everything. That's right. Oh Jesus, uh, what do you think? Uh, you know, we got couple weeks till Mecca, but what do you think we're going to see in uh, that 
main event with uh, Morrison versus Bay, you know, they've wrestled each other, you know, before. They've been in matches together. Never in a singles match, but they Never have in been in, in, multi, in, in a multi-man, you know, a couple times. A couple times. And now the difference is, is that Chris Bay is arguably um, a different wrestler. Um, you know, he, he now has the swagger of the Bullet Club. He, of course, is going to be the hometown favorite. Um, does that mean that Morrison might have to up his game and we might see something special come out of this match that we probably might not have seen, uh, you know, maybe two years ago if they had, you know, been able to wrestle at the Mecca that, you know, like a Mecca during the, the pandemic, let's say. Is it something different because of the fact that Chris has gone from where he was to where he is and that might have to up Morrison's game? Well, I'm going to tell you something about John. <clears throat> John is a guy that I, I had met the first time was when we did uh, the initial Mecca type show when stars collide in Mesquite. And uh, we got him to wrestle Kenny King. And, you know, he, he was extremely easy to deal with. His price was very high. He was coming off uh, fresh off WWE at the time, Intercontinental Champion. Right. Uh, he he had diff he had definite political demands about how uh, he perceived the match should go, which was the one disappointing thing uh, in that. Sure. And then and but you know dealing with that at the show and at the meet and greet, it's like wow, this is this is a super nice guy, really. You know. Working with him is really easy. Uh, then we got the opportunity to work with him at the IWF when I booked the shows. And he did the first one and he came in. And politically, it was similar. And which, again, I thought was a little weird because he was wrestling Shelton Benjamin. So it wasn't like, you know, hey, you need to put over this young kid, Matt Vandegrift. You know what right. I mean? Or, or Chris Bay. Right. It was, hey, this is how it is. Uh, and it's like, okay, you know, and gave the speech afterwards, put everything over true professional meet and greet again, super guy and pricing wise. Again, he, he was higher than we had hoped for, but there was a guy involved that had booked him in New York and he didn't want to low ball the rate because this guy was in on what the pricing was. And, and again, hundred percent, you know, he's doing, he's doing the business for us. And then we fast forward to John Morrison or Johnny Mecca uh, before we have the championship and he wrestles cross. And it's like, well, that's cool. You know, uh, Kevin had a sponsor guy at Oklahoma who was willing to invest in that match. And I'm like, well, you know, you need to be aware, you know, I know John's your guy, but it's hard for us to put you in a position because of the politicalness of the finish. Right. And he was like, nah, nah, don't worry about it. I talked with John. And be it as it may, maybe he grew up. John tapped out in the middle of the ring to Kevin Cross. And it was like, wow. And dealing with John ever since, it's like, here's a guy, I'll text him. And I've texted numerous other of the name guys on Mecca. Hey, we need a promo. 
And five days later, okay, I'll get it to you. And seven days later, you might have gotten it. So now the four-week-old show is only 10 days away or eight days away or three days away when you finally got the promo. You know, if I hit up John, within a day, I'm usually getting a response. And sometimes I'm actually getting the product done with. Okay. So fast forward to the Mecca Grand Tournament to crown the champion. And uh, Sammy Callahan was scheduled to be in it. Uh, he did some kind of event at Warrior Wrestling. It was a two-day event for some tournament. And he wrestled like four or five matches. So he begged off it. He's like, hey, is it cool? And I'm like, yeah, I'll save the money, whatever. So that was when we put Chris Bay into the tournament. And right. he wrestled Scorpio Sky uh, with the, uh, the Apollo Creed outfit. The greatest okay. entrance of all time in FSW history. It was fantastic. And Chris won that match. Uh, Teddy Hart got injured, and right. three-way was Brian Cage, John Morrison, and and Chris Bay for the Mecca Grand Championship. John won, but if you watch that match, you would swear Chris Bay was the star of that match of the three men there, right? Because John had a lot of respect for Chris Bay, and this was four years ago, five years ago, when he yeah. was just getting started. Met him, liked him appreciated him and since then because you know there is the pictures of of chris bay as a little kid holding the belt with john morrison on the youtube when he was eight years old and chris knew this is what he wanted to be in life so there is so much mutual respect between the two and the thing with john is he doesn't want to as much as he loves chris bay he does not want to be outshone by him Right. And at 40 years old, I saw the video when he sent the promo, which was a great promo, by the way, about Chris. And it basically explained everything I'm just saying. But when I looked at him, I I could just see the difference that his, you know, he's also training for a celebrity boxing match against some YouTube guy. Right. And he looks and again, he like Jack, like Brian Cage, but he is like in phenomenal shape. And. John has never been a guy to mail it in anyway. You know, you see a lot of the ex-WWE guys, they're making their pay. You've seen some of them recently here. And, and they stick to their stick. And it's fun and it's great. But John wants to be the guy who has the best match on the show. John wants to prove at his age he can do whatever he wants. You know, I recently saw an interview where he doesn't really have that much interest in going back to WWE. And I don't blame him. He's made his money. He makes good money on the indies. And he gets to do whatever he wants to do. It's like Matt Hardy. You know, he had a great run. He didn't need to sign back until it was like, hey, you know what? I've kind of I've kind of run the course. I made great money. Let me go back to the Fed. It's guaranteed, blah, blah, blah. Then he went to AEW and, and everything's is great in that atmosphere. So, right. you know, the good part is it is for the Mecca Grand Championships, so it will be the last match. So nobody needs to follow Morrison or Johnny Mecca and Chris Bay. But I know Chris wants to go out there and prove he's not the same guy who they had to place to make him look great because nobody believed he was probably deserving of being in the same breath at the time of the Lucha Underground superstars, Johnny Mundo and Brian Cage. Yeah. And 
only to the local fans, which was similar to Cross. We knew the diamond in the rough we had, but the outside world didn't. And right. on shows like that, on Fight TV, we've opened the we we had opened the world up to Chris Bay. Right now, sure, do we wish we had ten times as many viewers? But people started re- recognizing who Chris Bay was, and not long after, you know, it took a little while, but then he finally got signed, and then he started wrestling all over, and people are booking him in Texas and Florida and and California and all over the place. So now. Right. We got Johnny Mecca, John Morrison. He's pretty much at the top of his game, you know, at probably 41, 42 years of age. And we got Chris Bay, who's gotten all the accolades. He just won the Impact Tag Championships and part of the Bullet Club. So this is, you know, a Mecca main event. Yes. That has an undercard that features the biggest stars in every promotion in the world. You know, we have AEW or Ring of Honor, whatever you want to call Toa and Khan. They are their champions for a company that's owned by AEW. Right. We have Sam Adonis, who just won the biggest tournament in AAA that normally an American never gets. Yeah. We have the MLW (laughs) heavyweight champion. Yeah. We have... The Impact Tag Team Champion, obviously Chris Bay, it's in, it's in that match. John Johnny Johnny Mecca, who's won every title, pretty much in WWE. Impact World Champion. The only thing he didn't ever won was the WWE uh, World Championship. Yeah. Uh, in MLW, he's currently the Open Weight Champion. Right. TJP <laughs> in New Japan, not New Japan strong, but the big time New Japan. He's been the tag champ there for months. Yeah. And he's been a mainstay there for years. And Viva Van, who's winning titles all over and probably, you know, the number one independent women's wrestler on the market right now. Yeah. So mixed in with all this other great talent, Kenny King, you know, been there, done that. So, yeah. you know, up and coming stars, Jay Vidal, Matt Vandegrift. You know, the GCW star and Effie. Yeah. So everywhere you can go, and if you're a fan of a certain company, there's somebody there representing what we're doing at the Mecca, like we always do. So, you know, get your tickets, FSWVegas.com. It should be up on Fight TV as we speak. You know, sent everything over. Everything got done a little late because we were – making sure and, and get which venue we were at and wanted right. to make sure that the main t- talents who got added late, like an Effie got to be on the flyer. You know, right. we were hoping to have it at impact this weekend, past weekend, but unfortunately we couldn't because we weren't sure, but we will have the flyers and we will be in full force uh, at SmackDown uh, right. as, as will a good amount. Thanks to uh, Gabe from WWE you know, we our guys are getting a lot of extra work there. And, yeah. you know, that's good to be on the vibe. And even like yeah. that, where Gabe came down uh, on his own, you know, you go, go look around Facebook and, and see what Gabe is doing and how much money yes. they're charging. You know, yes. he, 
He's not giving the freebies nope. to everybody. You know, I'm pretty sure Booker T's company got the freebies and FSW got the freebies. You know, he did it in Utah with Manny Lemons. There was a charge. I see somewhere else there's a charge. You're paying 100 bucks to be looked at. Yeah. Being a part of FSW, all you had to do was come to training. And I won't even yap about the motherfuckers who didn't even show up that day. Like it was a Thursday. So nobody was booked and said, hey, I can't make it. I'm booked. Right. <laughs> oh, man. So. Um, as we uh, kind of wrap up here, uh, any uh, final thoughts going into Future Shock, uh, which when this airs will be, I guess, tonight. So uh, Friday night, uh, 7 p.m. at the FSW Arena. You can catch it on the FSW Network, six ninety nine a month for FSW Network. Uh, any final thoughts on Future Shock as we head into it? Yeah, you know, we're going to have uh, a bunch of the younger talent that they've been they've been trying to pry their trade, doing the TV classes that Sin and Kenny, along with uh, the production crew, have been doing. So hopefully it smartens them up to, you know, paying attention to where cameras are and listening to the referees and when you're trying to fit time frames into stuff. But, you know, we got some of the veteran guys that are going to be there to help work with the younger guys. But there's definitely uh, some some younger talent that, you know, is probably going to have less than 10 matches under their belt. You know, maybe even less than five. You know, I'm not going to count what they did in the TV class. I'm talking about live matches in front of a live crowd. So this is your opportunity. Like I said, uh, it's where Chris Bay started where carrying cross started so yeah. probably where seth has started yeah you know he he probably got to beat up one or all three members of the faction back in the day at a future shock and now he's uh you know main eventing smackdown and showing right back up against kevin owens on monday night raw so yeah. you know it, it, it's amazing to see, you know, how things were and how they've become. And, right. you know, this is your opportunity. You know, there's people, some of the younger talent who have no fucking clue, either complaining about what their matches or wanting to dictate what they think their match should be <laughs> instead of, Hey, how about worrying about having a good match? Right. And right. not worrying about what you're doing, what's going on. It's like you do know eventually when you do get booked in Arizona, they're not giving you a week's advance and flying you in to practice wrestling that match with your opponent. You're showing up at 345 uh, for a seven o'clock show. And it's like, hey, by the way, uh, if you're working uh, Dom's company and PCW, and you're not lucky enough to work the six guys that come there from here. And now right. you're working Lord Darko uh, and you've never met him before. Good luck. Yeah. You know, that's what you're being trained for. Right. So, you know, be, be grateful that you're getting an opportunity. Be thankful to the experienced advanced guy who is spending his day being there for little to no money just because he wants to give back to yeah. the school that he got that opportunity wrestling 
somebody who was way above him to get his start in the business. And as I said, as each year passes, it gets pathetically worse on what the younger talent is Uh, thinking. Like, where do they get this miserable advice from is, 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 you know, things I like to question. Yeah, it's a, it's a head scratcher. Um, especially for those of us who have seen the process years ago and know the process that works. What you guys are teaching is a process that works. Um, you know, Tom Howard and uh, Rick Bassman wouldn't, would have had none of those people. Uh, well, then again, it was good. Rick would have got the money up front and then kicked them out. Well, see, that's the whole thing. Ex- exactly. That's what would have happened because <clears throat> what basically would have happened is they would have weeded themselves out because <laughs> we, those of us who were serious about it would have, uh, you know, made sure that they knew, uh, it, you know, what they would, what they were doing wasn't right, and eventually they would just stop coming, um, and they'd never show back up, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, then, we had a few. Uh, the, the, the disappointing part is you would think that some of the higher up guys, you know, I know Chris Bay's talked to people and things like that, but you you would think that when they see somebody who's trying to skirt the helping out at the thing or showing up to look good but not really doing anything, be called out on it. When yep. you're called out by your peers, you either yep. step up or step out. Right. But it, it, if you're sliding under the radar – and, you know, nobody's paying full attention. Hey, you're there, but you always seem to be in a mid-conversation during that guardrail move or carrying that piece of wood. You know, I would be kind of pissed off if I work hard, yet I know I'm probably just not ready yet and I'm not getting opportunities. But this fucking clown over here is getting opportunities and he's shit on the system. I'd have a problem with that. Well, and it, you know what? And that's how it, that's the, the first level it should be, right? It should be there where, you know, your, your peer, your peer, uh, you know, uh, policing, you know, trying to get those people that you see have that motivation and that talent to, to get in that, that mindset. It was those people who didn't, <laughs> didn't uh, respond to that. That then, you know, in classes, you've got someone like Samoa Joe training you and, you know, you, you want to take uh, 30 chops from Samoa Joe in the corner because you haven't been doing what you should be doing. Eh, it's not a good feeling. So, yeah, you know, you know na- nowadays, the uh, if a trainer acts that way, they run to anybody who listen about how mean somebody is. And they'll cry about everything, you know. You know, they should just go back and listen to the uh, Cheap Trick song, The Peer Police, and maybe they'll understand it better, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, there you go. There's there's a little old school wrestling talk from some old guys. So, yes. Oh, remember those days, Joe, when we used to have hair and everything seemed good. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's why I booked Primo Henio, just so I could look at his hair and say, man, I used to have hair almost as cool as that. 
Oh, man. Uh, everyone, remember, Future Shock is this Friday at 7 p.m., which would be tonight when this is airing. So um, definitely uh, come down to the FSW Arena, or if you're not in town or can't make it down, catch it on the FSW Network, $6.99 a month. And, uh, of course, the Mecca is coming up on the 26th, uh, 5 p.m. at uh, the Silver Nugget. And, again, it will be on Fight TV. Um, get your tickets now. Uh, I pretty much uh, expect that the uh, front rows are going to go pretty quick. Uh, if, yeah, we, we're we moving tickets. We, we haven't yeah. really power pushed it yet, which, yeah. you know, that'll be coming up in the next couple of days. Yeah. So meet, meet and greets available with uh, uh, Morris and Bay together. Uh, also, you know, with Johnny Mecca. Uh, by himself so but yeah so so far we have announced uh uh johnny mecca and chris bay gregory sharp and uh tjp for the nevada state championship uh viva and johnny robbie for the women's title uh jay vidal versus effie and a big six-man clash as the faction takes on team filthy so east meets west uh yep. in that one even though uh even though East is all guys from California and Vegas. So, yes. And, uh, and, uh, I, I and a scramble match, of course. Right. That we will have. Uh, and we're working on a few other matches. Uh, we've talked about, so we actually have six matches set. Uh, we got the, the, the tag match, the four way tag. We got three. Right. Uh, which leaves a scramble match. And then uh, what is the MLW champion Hammerstone doing? What's the AAA guy Sam Adonis doing? Uh, what's the former Ring of Honor, former X Division champion, former TV champion Kenny King doing? Right. What's Matt Vandegrift doing? And whoever else that... Uh, we, we add into the mix. So there will be eight matches uh, working on our guy. Got to have the, uh, the young prodigy Bodie, whether it's in the pre-show or on the main card, he definitely yeah. will be there too. So there you go. And uh, props to Bodie getting his GCW debut. I had talked to, uh, to, to Brett at the uh, Jimmy Lloyd birthday thing. I'm like, Hey, you know, what are your thoughts about using Bodie? Uh, WrestleMania weekend is like, is he going to be out there? I'm like, I, I know he's got one booking, but I'm pretty sure if you're going to utilize him, uh, he will make his way. And he's uh, going to be working on the uh, Jimmy Lloyd uh, Degeneration F show. Right. So yeah. I said, catch him on that. And you can catch him at the, um, the show that's going down. Uh, I believe it's at the Jewish community center or something like that. Um, I know he's on that show and he might even have, I, I haven't talked to Ben, but he might even have one or two other bookings lined up. So Bodie's going to be all over that uh, WrestleMania weekend. Well, I knew he, he, he was only looking to come in on Saturday and Sunday because of school, but I saw the, uh, so I'm not sure if he's going to fly in late or whatever, but I know the Jimmy Lloyd GCW thing is on a Friday night. So, right. Yeah. So it's 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 interesting, man. There, you know, who could you imagine being uh, his age and uh, just getting all these opportunities? It's mind blowing, man. 
I'll tell you, no, no doubt about it, man. You know, I've tried to bring him along uh, slowly but surely, but you know, he's getting he's, out there. And in all honesty, it's like I'm opening the floodgates. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, not yep. utilize him, making him an attraction. I just want to make sure I'm giving him stuff that's going to to benefit him. And being right. involved with uh, Danny Limelight and the Bodega is is great experience for him. And then also having a guy like Jacob Austin Young by his side, yep. uh, you know, it, it's all pluses. And that's what we try to utilize with the younger talent. You know, try to, you know, go always through what Paul Heyman said, accentuate the positives and, and try to hide all the negatives. And I remember that back in the day when I had no idea who uh, Rob Van Dam was and he was feuding with Sabu when I went to my parents' house in New York because I had no idea what ECW was. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Why is this Sabu? Why is Sabu like going 50-50 with this Rob Van Dam? Like, who's this guy? You know, right. and then, you know, you started paying attention and you started listening and watching. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. And... You know, RVD wasn't a talker, so they put Bill Alfonso with him and yeah. they let him do what he could do well. And, you know, that that's the key in FSW to try to try to make try to not make anybody look weak in any way. Yeah. Well, there you have it, everyone. That is the final word for this week. Uh, you know, again, catch uh, the Future Shock this Friday at 7 p.m. Tickets Otherwise, only 20 bucks for first row. Look at that. 20 bucks for first row. And uh, what is the walk-in? 10? 15. For, uh, 15 for 15. GA. There you go. Perfect. So affordable and uh, starts at 7. So you can still uh, go out and party afterwards. So Yeah. You know, and if five, if four matches suck, you only paid 15 bucks for four matches. You can look at it that way. So that's three, not even four bucks a match. Yeah. And you get to see Jimmy Jack. And you get to see Jimmy Jack. Yes. So there you go. A little, little, uh, and, little... And, and, I'll, and I'll announce because I forgot when we we're putting together the card, Judah Matthew will make his return. Wow. All right. That's uh, now I'm a little bit excited. It's, yes. it's been a while. So Judah Matthew will be back, but get there early because I forgot. So the main card was filled. I'm like, oh, I get, I'll get you on the pre show. I'm like, you know, shit. Like I talked to him like two months ago and then it was like, Hey, I'm good for Friday, right? And I was like, oh, shit, I forgot. Yeah, we'll get you. Hey, you know what? Most promoters would not even, you know, <laughs> you know, acknowledge that, that you had that conversation. So that, again, shows that, you know. Yeah, it's still on Messenger. So, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it, it's, 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 it's okay. in the cloud forever. Yeah, so it's up there. So, okay. All right, so you, you're you're holding yourself accountable because it's it's right there. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, pre-show match and yeah, get there at six thirty and uh, get your seats and see uh, see Judah Matthew at uh, six forty-five. Correct. There you go. All right, everyone, thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you guys next time.